Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM, heard across the East End on 96.9 FM in Western Suffolk. I'm Michael Mackey. On the road to building one of the largest campaign war chests the state of New York has ever seen, Governor Kathy Hochul has been taking money from appointees of the governor, despite an executive order designed to prevent it. Jay Root and the New York Times report that in her first year in office, Governor Hochul has accepted more than $400,000 from appointees on boards from Buffalo to Battery Park, as well as the appointee spouses, a New York Times analysis of campaign finance data has found. The fundraising has occurred despite the longstanding executive order reissued by Governor Hochul on her first day in office that prohibits such transactions in order to avoid even the appearance of rewarding donors with jobs in exchange for contributions. Ms. Hochul's campaign said it was appropriate to accept the contributions because they came from people appointed by her predecessor, Andrew M. Cuomo. A spokesman for the Hochul campaign, Gerald Harvey, said that Governor Hochul had not accepted money from people she appointed and emphasized that all of her fundraising had been above board. The donations that Ms. Hochul accepted from appointees represent just a small portion of her campaign's huge haul ahead of the election in November. She has already raised some $35 million and set a goal of raising twice as much that amount, people familiar with her plan said. Doing so would put the 2022 New York governor's race at or near the most expensive in state history. Governor Hochul is expected to be in Midtown Manhattan this morning for a press conference with Mayor Adams regarding gun control. Republican gubernatorial nominee Congressman Lee Zeldin of Shirley, Long Island, predicted yesterday his campaign against Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul could benefit from GOP blowback to the federal raid on the Florida home of former President Donald Trump. Quote, what took place has a net negative effect for the Democrats. I really feel like they made a big mistake in how they've done it. It's been a big, big misplay, Zeldin told reporters at a campaign stop outside Albany. Zach Williams reports in the New York Post that a boost in GOP energy could help Zeldin overcome the advantages that Hochul has with polling and fundraising ahead of the November 8th election. Polling has shown Zeldin as close as eight points behind Hochul and as far as behind by 24 points in his bid to become the first Republican elected statewide since three-term Governor George Pataki in 2002. The polling said George Pataki in the last week was going to lose by 11 and a half points, and he won by three and a half, Zeldin said yesterday. Governor Kathy Hochul and her campaign points out that Lee Zeldin remains an enthusiastic supporter of former President Donald Trump. Zeldin added, it's only August and he thinks he still has a chance. The airline industry struggled to meet demand during a summer 2022 season marked by increased delays and cancellations amid staffing shortages, but aviation experts expect the fall season to be less chaotic. Roughly 85 to 95 percent of people typically drive to their destinations during the Labor Day weekend, according to AAA Northeast. The U.S. Department of Transportation has proposed some new rules for airlines to better protect passengers in case of delays and cancellations. Lorena Mangelli reports on Newsday.com that air traveler complaints in June were nearly 270 percent above pre-pandemic levels, according to monthly airline data. Uh, released by the U.S. Department of Transportation. 
The upcoming holiday weekend is Transition Weekend for People's United Bank, the Connecticut-based bank which acquired Riverhead Suffolk County National Bank in 2017, merged with M&T Bank earlier this year, and will cease doing business as People's United as of Tuesday, September 6th. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that People's United branches will close early this Friday, September 2nd. After 5 p.m. Friday, People's United Bank customers will no longer be able to access their accounts through People's United mobile and online banking. People's customers will still be able to access their accounts at ATMs as well as debit and credit cards. Customers should begin using their MNT debit or ATM cards as of this coming Saturday. By next Tuesday, the transition to MNT bank systems will be complete. Branches will open at their regular time. Customers will be able to access their accounts through MNT mobile and online banking. People's United in March 2021 announced its acquisition by Buffalo-based M&T Bank in an all-stock transaction valued at approximately $7.6 billion. At the time of the announcement, M&T Bank operated 716 branches in New York and the Mid-Atlantic states, including one in Riverhead on Route 58 across from Lowe's. At the time of its acquisition in 2017 by People's United Bank of the Suffolk County National Bank. Suffolk County National Bank, which had been chartered in 1890, was the last of four publicly chartered Riverhead-based banks. It was the second oldest Riverhead-based bank. Riverhead Savings Bank, the oldest, was chartered by New York State in 1872. The state should issue uniform school safety guidance for all districts, from single points of entry to lockdown procedures, while establishing staffing ratios for school social workers, counselors, and psychologists, according to a new report from the New York State United Teachers. Robert Brodsky reports on Newsday.com that in the wake of the shooting in May at an elementary school in Ovalde, Texas, that left 19 students and two teachers dead, the union yesterday released a report detailing local, state, and federal policy recommendations to address violence in schools. The Safe Schools for All report, which included input from educators in the Farmingdale, William Floyd, Bellport, and Patchogue Medford school districts, and comes as students return to the classroom this week, argues that smaller class size, increased hiring of support staff, and the adoption of crisis prevention strategies will help stem violence in schools. There were 193 incidents of gunfire on school grounds nationwide during the 2021-22 school year, nearly four times the average during the previous decade, according to a report from Everytown for Gun Safety. As school doors open and buses start to roll through the coming week, students and teachers will be returning to classrooms in an environment that feels a lot more normal than at any time since the novel coronavirus struck New York, shuttering schools and businesses in the spring of 2020. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that this year's return to school comes without a state-mandated reopening plan detailing restrictions, unlike last fall, pursuant to state and federal guidelines there will be fewer COVID-19 restrictions in place. Suffolk County currently has a medium level of community transmission of the virus, according to the CDC. A state court has declined to hear an appeal by East Hampton Town to lift a temporary restraining order blocking the town from imposing planned flight restrictions at East Hampton Airport in Wainscott. 
Michael Wright reports on 27East.com that the ruling by a four-judge panel of the New York State Supreme Court Appellate Division was issued on August 25th and flatly denied the town of East Hampton's request for leave to appeal, the TRO before a new court. The judges offered no explanation for their decision. The denial leaves in place the TRO issued on May 16th that blocked the town of East Hampton from imposing a package of new landing rules that would have limited the number of flights that could be made in a given day by commercial aircraft and by some private helicopters and planes. Before the TRO was issued by New York State Supreme Court Justice Paul Baisley, the town had been prepared to close down East Hampton Airport at midnight on May 17th and reopen it at 9 a.m., as a legally new private airport. Under the new private airport, the town of East Hampton had said it would have the power to impose restrictions on flight traffic that it couldn't at the previous public airport. Three groups of plaintiffs, led by airplane hangar owners, pilots, Montauk residents, and the charter aircraft company Blade, filed separate lawsuits to stop the town's plans. Meanwhile, with Labor Day looming, Southampton, uh, East Hampton town supervisor Peter Von Skoyek said that aircraft traffic at the airport appears to have been slightly lower this year than in years past, and that changes to flight routes intended to ease the noise impacts on neighborhoods around the airport have shifted where complaints about aircraft noise originate. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.